I am so excited for our guest today because she is not only a friend, she's a real friend. I really, I adore her and I'm lucky. That's what I can say. So it's Courtney Narazby. Oh, see, I almost forgot. It's a Close enough. Close enough. enough. Okay. Everyone that listens to us knows that I massacre people's names. It's not on purpose. It's not, I'm not trying hard enough. I have a thing with, it doesn't matter if it's phonics or anything. And that's all I can tell you. In Zerabi. In Zerabi. Zerabi. Beautiful. It really rolls off your tongue if you say it correctly. Now, let's tell everybody, the audience, why Courtney's here today. Courtney is a equipment specialist meaning cooking equipment. She is also a chef. She also trains people in equipment and in cooking demos. And my favorite part of Courtney, because she does a lot, is she's an artist. That's how I met Courtney at an IACP dinner in Chicago, where Courtney lives, through mutual friends. And then we became friends on Facebook, but I have bought several pieces of Courtney's art. You're my best friend. <laughs> I'm so glad. Beautiful pieces. And actually, I can send Cindy one or two copy. you know, uh, take a picture of the art that you I bought from you, and she could put that up when we broadcast you too. So welcome, Courtney, after that lengthy introduction. Thank you for having me. Oh, thrilled. Now, this is our topic for today because, of course, here we are on November something. We never say the date because we don't know when things are going to air all the time. But here we are, smack dab, Courtney, getting ready for the holidays. Yep. Now, I want you to know, I am notorious for making some gifts, from, for sending checks, because I have friends that they do, younger people want a gift card. So I'm not yeah. embarrassed by that. But And I've made some gifts, but I really want you to talk to us about cooking equipment as Christmas gifts, because that's what you, I mean, you are an expert. This morning, I was drinking my tea, thinking of you coming on as a guest, and there was a huge big sale at one of the biggest cookware stories going on. I thought, would that be, is that the time people should be looking to buy presents for friends? Yes. So with your major cooking, uh, cookware retailers, you're going to start seeing, um, Black Friday kickers with certain brands that are probably coming into the store, but they probably won't go up until like that week of Thanksgiving or a few days ahead. So keep your eye out on that. Normally there are limited supplies and colors first come first serve, but in major retailers like Williams-Sonoma, you will see those. Um, A lot of what's going on with retailers right now is they're trying to sell through what they have, the inventory. Um, Post-pandemic, pandemic actually was a boom for the cookware industry. Everybody was shopping. Those, I mean- We're cooking. Yeah, cooking, anything related to the kitchen from coffee machines to knives to everything. People were at home and they were rediscovering cooking. So we are, seeing the after effects of two to three years of consumers buying, especially with their stimulus checks or, you know, not having to pay for gas and transportation, going to work and that, or buying clothes to keep up with the office culture, they're putting it in their home and their kitchen. So now we're sitting um, 
on a lot of stuff. The supply chains have opened up. So the inventory is there, but buyers are cautious. They're not really buying a lot right now. So, but there's a lot of inventory to be had. Um, so yeah, it's the time if it's not in your store because a lot of the stuff is online as opposed to in store because it's just easier for buyers to keep it in the warehouse because most people are shopping online. This is the time, I know customers want this instant satisfaction, like I want it now, I wanna leave it with it now. Well, it's life is not perfect. So yeah, let your salesperson order it for you. The turnaround will be quick. It's not like you're waiting months and months from that sofa to leave a container ship from China. It's coming. So be open to, if you're going into a store asking a salesperson for advice, and it's not there, be open to letting them order it for you rather than you going on your phone or going home and ordering it for them. So we complain about the service industry, but we have to help the service industry and these retailers. So well said, honey. I went, uh, when we bought this house, washer and dryer that came with it were pretty old, okay? Mm -hmm. so I And we've been here almost four years. So I got another four years out of it typical of us i didn't have new washer and dryer in the old house i'd gotten my monies out of it. i felt like it but you know i don't want to move stuff like that okay i don't want to move it so yesterday when you were talking about with retail we walked into lowe's which is where we've bought appliances before mm -hmm. the nicest kid was the expert but you know it was great courtney we had to we had picked out one we wanted and then he was very honest and said i don't know when these will be in Mm -hmm. And he was honest. He said, it could be, I could tell you two weeks. I could tell you a month. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I, I can't be a month or two without a washer and dryer. So we picked out something else that's beautiful and it's comparable. And uh, we were just fine with it. And the real clicker was, because you said instant gratification, but it's pretty mm -hmm. important when it's a washer and dryer. Yeah. He said, we can deliver it tomorrow. Wow. So we did a 250% turnaround. You know what I mean? We yeah. bought a brand we weren't as close to and we did this, but it. I'm so grateful. But it had to be, I saw other people saying things like, what do you mean you don't know what to the other salesman? Yeah. When it's going to be here? Well, how is the kid going to know? Right. So many variables. Some websites will give you an idea. And then if they're coming direct from the vendor, you have to look at where the vendor's warehouses are. So, I mean, a lot of things outside of our control, like in life, you yes. know, like the past few years was outside of our control, but <laughs> you, you just roll with it. <laughs> so well said, so out of our control. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go in, let's talk for a minute. If you're looking for somebody mm -hmm. to buy a Christmas gift for, meaning someone that you know that does love to cook. Do you yeah. have one thing that you think is probably at the top of your list? As a gift giver, it's just almost like you're a salesperson. You need to understand that person that you're buying that gift for. There's nothing worse than getting a crap gift from someone that's like, do you really think I would wear this? Or like, you don't know me. So there's nothing wrong with money. There is nothing wrong with a service. There is nothing wrong with your husband giving you a refrigerator or a blender if that's what you said you want. So those people understand your need and what you want. 
And I think with the way the world is going in the economy, we need to think about that. Are, are these people, we, there are a lot of cooks out there. Food is expensive. Yes, Premium ingredients are expensive. Yes. Premium equipment is expensive. So we need to think, what do they really need? And I think those make the best gifts. Ah, well said. I know this. One I've given my niece, who is a good cook, but, and now it's, it's so classic. She and her husband both worked, but she worked out of her home. She was a medical transcriber, brilliant girl. But she had two kids, and when they were growing up, she would say, like most women, it's so hard to think of something different for dinner every single night. Yeah. I'd say, Leslie, you, you have to get a rotation of about 10 things. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Hot dogs, hamburgers, and meatloaf. You have to get a rotation of recipes and just try piece of fish piece of chicken but when I sent her so she I was at her house and when I went to cook in her cabinets I'd given her a food processor which she used and I she bought herself a KitchenAid but you know what Courtney I just bought her some simple casserole dishes and she yeah. has made them for me a million times because I said to her, you can put the chicken in here. You put the chicken parts in here. You put the chicken breasts in here. Yes. So I th besides just Pyrex for years, I yeah. only had Pyrex, but I've bought, I have bought, I have bought, I have bought some in it, not expensive, but a well-named brand of casserole dishes. And you know, I know which one <laughs> they're great. They cook better. That's yeah. what I really like them. I bought them now because they're pretty, and I, I have them on my counter because they're really yeah. pretty. And I, but I use what everything cooks. I would say almost thirty percent faster in those casserole dishes because you can serve them. You can even put them in the refrigerator. That brand, which I'm very related to, um, you can, you know, they're, they're just going to last longer than your typical ceramic bakeware. So, and they're going to go to distance. They're not going to crack. They're not going to craze with the glaze and they're, they're beautiful. So yeah. I think that's it. And those are affordable. I mean, you can, yeah. I think if you spend, I mean, this is again, everybody's different and it totally depends, as you said, and especially with our economy. Mm -hmm. Can you spend a hundred dollars on a Christmas gift? Maybe not for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Can you, you know, it's, I mean, I look at what I, I don't have a lot of people to buy for. Mm -hmm. For my two grand niece and nephew, they always get checks or a gift card. Yeah. And they're really cute because they're both in college. And when I ask their mother, she says to me, get them a gift card at Target because yeah. they can get socks, you know, underwear, toiletries. Exactly. But the thing too, like the brand you were mentioning for your bakeware, you and I might think, okay, that's affordable. That's average. Our average may be out of the ordinary for someone else. A larger manufacturer like that, well, they're an independent company, but they have a parent company that is also producing similar cookware in different categories from value price to more higher end. So do your research with a brand like that. If they can't afford the brand that you have, they have a value price entry 
that they might sell at a mass retailer like a Costco or a Walmart or so you're still getting some of those key benefits and features. They might be made in a different factory, but it still is a quality. Now you mentioned the magic word Costco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love Costco. I love Costco. Mm-hmm. We love Costco. I don't shop there as much anymore, Courtney, because I mean, I only go like two or three times a year when I had my little studio and Cindy and Bilma, the cleaning lady and all the, we made lunches more, I, I, I paper towels. We couldn't keep enough in stock, you know, blah, blah. But now I really enjoy the trips because I don't go as often. Mm-hmm. But one of the things when you said Costco for a value priced item. So I had my mother's La Crusade. Now, some of this was from the 60s and 70s in that famous, not red, but the orangey color. Volcanique. Volcanique. I know everything. Well, (laughs) honey, I kept one or two pieces, but when she died, this is what I always say about grief. I kept every single piece because I wanted my mother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't always use it. Sometimes I used it as props. Sometimes, but I didn't use it as much. So when we purged and moved to the new house, uh, Patty that worked with us took one piece that made me happy. People took different. It was great. I sold. um, I kept one or two very pieces that I loved. So, but I gave away, but my mother had had this, the big oval casserole thing. I think it weighed 40 pounds. Do you know? I mean, it, wow. it, yeah. Yeah. it took up two burners. Like, yeah. So, That's when they made those super big sizes. Oh, I, I don't know when, why she ever had that big of a pan, but she did. So I'm at Costco one day and there is one in the candy apple red that I love in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Talk about packaging and marketing. And honey, it's it's big enough for like a two or three pound roast. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. perfect for two people. It's yeah. doesn't weigh a ton. Looks really pretty. Well, it's the Kirkland brand. It's yeah. this brand. It was only, I think, I mean, I think I only paid like $39 for wow. it. On special at Costco. Courtney, I can't tell you how much I've used that pan. Well, and that's the thing about Costco and a lot of retailers. I see this with William Sonoma too. Sir Latab does it as well. They might carry the Le Crusades or the other brands, but they are also making their own private label yes. with those suppliers. So, like at William Sonoma, you will see their line of cookware made with Heston, which is a stainless steel uh, cookware company out of Italy. They used to have an enamel cast iron that they made with stove um, enamel cast iron. I don't, I don't really see that anymore. So sometimes you're seeing, and like Costco's notorious, like when you think about liquor, for using um, the juice from other vineyards or distilleries for their own package. So again, value price, but you're getting those features and benefits. And it's like a kind of quiet deal, maybe that these retailers have worked out with their suppliers. Well, I'll tell you, my Kirkland cherry red, beautiful oval casserole dish that's not as heavy and not so big. I use it all the time. I love the ovals too, because you can put like a 
pork, like a porchetta or a roast or something like a duck, something more. You know, I always see a lot of hesitation. Why would I need that? It's the shape of what you're cooking. So, yeah. See, and that's because you're a chef, Courtney. Not people that, and I've learned this with younger women that are friends of mine. And again, I had a friend for lunch. She's brilliant. She's an architect but she doesn't know how to cook. She's never yeah. had to, and she just doesn't know how. So now she's in, has more time, a little more time, because she was working at home and sending, mm-hmm. you know, and doing her. I gave her one or two recipes, and they were the simplest things, chicken breast wrapped in the cheese, you know. And, yeah. and, and she cooked them, but she kept saying to me, I can't believe how delicious this was. And it's easier than you think. It, it, it's so like it's, math. It's, yeah. Get beyond the block. It's <laughs> and then she went and found at Target their brand of the casserole dish. So it wasn't really expensive, but it was this pretty blue that she wanted. She said, I use that pan every day for something. I said, that's what happens. If you have good equipment. Yeah. And I don't think it always has to be the most expensive, but you have to find the equipment you like. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it has like you hand it down I still use the old cast iron pan that I got from my mom who got it from her mother you know lord knows how old that is you but if you keep on you know seasoning it and taking care of it even when you neglect it you can always put it back to new but it works are these the most expensive items some of them no but sometimes you just find things that really just hold the test of time and work I have a cast iron pan that was my grandfather's that must be a hundred years old mm-hmm. that I use all the time, Courtney. I mean, I use it, I use it for everything. And I, yeah. I all the things they tell us about not washing it. Well, I have to be honest with you. I use a lot. <laughs> I, I wash it a tiny bit, but not with soap. I mean, just hot water. Yeah. And then I oil it and it's still yeah. fantastic. I just. Baking soda to take out any. Any smell. Yeah, yeah. Smart idea. I never used baking soda. I've used salt. Yeah, salt. But I like the baking soda because it's a little bit like more fine. You can make a paste and it takes out the odors and all that. That's a great, that's a great tip. I just got a magazine that was just, you know, wanted me to subscribe. And their cover uh, story was cast iron. Back in style. And inside I thought, when did cast iron? It never went away. It never went away. (laughs) like the black turtleneck it's like what are you talking about (laughs) the editor was desperate that day for a lead story because as far as i'm concerned cast iron never goes out no well for young people i guess it's a it's a new thing (laughs) courtney and you and i've talked about this before and i so get it and young people are not supposed to be like me they're supposed to discover the world in their own way do you know what i mean yeah yeah and I like that, but there are days that when I read headlines about cooking things and I think, what really? is that? <laughs> really? And then I always say the same thing. I say, my mother made that recipe from Sunset Magazine in the D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, my darling, here's a big question. Mm-hmm. Knives in the kitchen. Knives. So... I- gone to the fanciest homes in Malibu. Yeah. I'm talking the $13,000 sub-zero refrigerator. 
and I go to, to cook something, you know, just on cooking. Relay, Jura, coffee machines, built in the wall, everything. <laughs> those cappuccino machines that, and then I would say now I know but I'd say what did that cost and I remember this one said oh it was cheap and it was only like five thousand dollars and I remember right. thinking for a coffee maker yeah but so but I go to into their drawers Courtney and the knife is like a 99 cent knife from the grocery store yeah I'm gonna be honest so with this current role that I'm doing it's more specialized with cutlery although they have a lot of cookware and such and I, as a salesperson before I started this role I was always like when you have that knife customer I just don't want to go over there I didn't get it I grew up in a household in the 70s and 80s where I think my parents got their knives from the supermarket that's all we knew and it was always nice if they got a fresh one because it was sharper. But that I never really realized that even when I started cooking, I knew knives were important. But you start using the best that what you have and you make it work. I thought my knife skills were more important than the knife, although I knew certain knives worked better for me. And, you know, when you're starting out in your 20s and 30s, you use what you have. I, we didn't hear about Japanese knives growing mm -hmm. up. I think the only Japanese knife we heard growing up were watching Ginzu, like infomercials, you know, and, and that was it. And, right. but now as we're getting more sophisticated culinary wise and we travel, you know, the fortunate ones uh, are traveling and it, we see, okay, there are differences I think people appreciate art, artisan quality and craftsmanship more. And so we're, we're, you know, the world is opening up and there's opportunity. So people don't realize, and I always get this feel with training and customers, you have stamp knives and you have forged knives. Your stamp knives aren't bad. They're going to be more value price and starting out, maybe that's all you can afford. There's a knife maker, uh, Afro-American uh, Afro um, knife maker. I've been watching Middleton Knives over the years. And I remember seeing something on YouTube and he's like, and he hand makes all his knives, but he's like, all my knives are stamped. I just don't feel, I don't do the forging. And forging basically means it has a bolster. Yeah. So it's forged, like, and it's flush to the handle. Whereas a stamp knife looks like you're just putting the blade into the handle and it has rivets. But Perfect. all the features that are mentally telling you, okay, this knife is going to be secure other than that supermarket knife that you probably cut yourself when the blade swung out the handle or fell apart or something and got loose. So a stamp knife can be a good knife as that Middleton um, person was making, but because that's his comfort level as an art artist make or bladesmith making stamp knives, their works of art. And so I always tell my customers, do you want a stamp knife or do you want a forge knife? Because they can have the same features, they can have rivets, they're just missing the bolster. Um, the steel, is a Western knife is gonna be a softer steel anyway. Um, is it going to last forever? Who knows? That's all in how you treat it. Like I tell any customer, some things are going to have a lifetime guarantee or a nonstick pan might last you up to five years, but you can 
burn the crap out of it in one year because <laughs> you're not following the directions on how to use it in usage. So it's an investment. Um, I'm finding that customers, especially dealing with young couples and registry, they like the pretty knives. Um, And they like everything matchy. It doesn't have to be all matchy. It doesn't have to be all in a block. Uh, Many knives are sold individually. So a true knife collector or knife geek, as I call them, can have a little shoon. They can have a little Mayabi. They can have a little global, like I do. Um, and they're all good. They're all our children. It's just some children we like better for this, some children we like better for that. So does it have to be expensive? No. Um, and also it depends on where you want. If you have a second or third home, you know, maybe you want a cheaper set. If you have kids, maybe you want some ceramic or cheaper sets, you know. So there's so many avenues you can go. It doesn't mean that they're bad knives. The thing is, how do you take care of your knives? Knives don't go bad. We just don't take care of them. You have to protect, like, really maintain and nurture your knives. So much information. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to pick pick one or two of those things. Mm -hmm. When I went to culinary school, they gave us a list of, from all different prices because there were everybody had different economic things. I bought a set of Wusthof tridents in those days. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I bought I bought a chef's knife, a fish fillet knife because they told me I needed it with that real flexible. Yeah. Um, a pair of boning. Yeah. Or a boning knife. I bought mm-hmm. those four. Now, I need you to know, I still have those four knives. Yeah. So this is 40, 35, 40 years later. I never really used a fish filleting knife. I used a boning knife. Yeah. Fish fillet that was so flat. The long one. Yeah, real long. I... I never used it that much. I may have given that knife, but the rest of them at school, we put, uh, you engrave them with your initial. Yeah. I still have those knives. I used yeah. them. I used them every single day when I was working. Now, different things, exactly what you said. When people sometimes say, oh, I bought this whole block. I think what you were talking to, you have to know what, and you know, cooks like certain knives. They fall in love with the block. Yeah. You fall in love with a, a you know, a mug. We're, I always say we're very ritualistic like that. You fall in love with one cutting board the most. You know what I mean? So I say to people, don't buy the block set. Go to the store and try different knives and see what you like and yeah. use it for a while. And there are basically three, like if I tell a customer, there are really three knives you need. You need a chef's knife or a santuku. What's the difference? A santuku is going to have a flat edge, meaning the edge of the blade. And a chef's knife is going to have a more curved edge and a point at the tip. The santuku is designed to slice straight down because it's a Japanese design. So it will go straight down. Whereas in the Western world with the Western chef's knife, we cut in a rocking kind of locomotion uh, motion. Now, retail uh, suppliers are making rocking santokus. So people like the santoku design, but they cut Western style. There's so many variations out there across all the brands. So you need one or the other, and those are going to be your all purpose. And they can range from six inches to 
10 inches. The Santoku normally is about seven inches. I find petite people, women like six and seven inches, men with big hands like eight and 10 inches. And then it depends on the type of job you're doing. You need a utility knife, which is in between a paring knife and your chef's knife. Some are serrated, some aren't. Um, I like a knife with a good tip because I can score with it. But I can probably get that in a paring knife as well, which some people might say that's the one I least use. Mm -hmm. And the serration is important. You, If you want the full-size bread knife or the serrated utility, for slicing bread. Some people are like, I need it for tomatoes. If you keep your knife sharp enough, you don't need it for tomatoes, You eat, but it is good for soft tissue. So three knives, three to four knives is really all you need. Then you start seeing some really beautiful knives like a Nakiri that you might like that looks like a little cleaver or a big cleaver. You know, I've been, I was having a conversation in Minnesota this week because the lady's like, I like this bony knife, but what do would I use it for? I don't really butcher. I'm, I'm like, you can use it on your salmon if you make your own grab locks or smoked salmon because it's flexible. It's thin rather than that long fish one that you had. So there are a lot of uses. One of the things that I surprised myself, a friend gave me a Santuku when they came out and I love, I use that a lot in my kitchen. Um, but this is, and you know, again, when you were talking about it, when I worked with Wolfgang Puck, he had just come out with Costco pans and a yeah. knife block. Okay, now they were there. They were. It's a small knife block. I think he was selling them at Costco for like twenty dollars. It was a Christmas mm -hmm. special, and so at the end of the commercial or what I was working with him, the the satellite media tour. It was the middle of the night. He gave me one of the knife blocks. He says, you should take these home. They're pretty good knives. And I remember kind of thinking, oh, okay. Because Cindy and I, over the years, were given knives. And one yeah. of them was an infomercial called like Miracle Knives. Mm -hmm. And they, they cut everything up. Chef Tony and Cindy, we were snots, of course. The minute he gave them to us, the chef, it was very sweet of him. We both went, oh, Jesus. We just, yeah. we'd never use a knife like this. And then we got back to the kitchen and guess what? They were sharp and they worked great. And we used, yeah. we realized we were snots. Yeah. So Wolfgang gave me this block. And for a long time, Courtney, I kept it in my my second home, my little house I had here. Mm -hmm. And they're all Santaku shaped. They yeah. all did that, but in different sizes. Well, now I have to tell you something. And I sharpened them with the steel because that's what I'm yeah. asking you about. The honing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I use those knives all the time. Yeah. They're great. They yeah. weren't expensive. They're not heavy. I When you were talking about size, I've never been able to use a 12-inch chef knife in my life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm short. It's it's too long of a knife for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with an 8 or 10-inch knife. That's just... Knives are so personal. They so are. Personal. And it's, it's like adopting a pet. It's like you know the <laughs> one is going to come to you. It's and it doesn't mean one knife is better than the other one. It's just a personal thing. They weigh differently. Western knives are going to be heavier than Japanese knives. Some of the knives are Japanese knives with these like beautiful handles with different sorts of wood, like copper wood and birch wood and all those. They're going to require more maintenance. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the honing, which is important. I would say 
the majority of people don't know how to use a honing still. Um, so how are they keeping them sharp and in between real sharpening? And now you're seeing blocks with self-sharpening um, kind of grindstones in there. There are electric sharpeners out there. There are whetstones, you know, if you really want to get and learn the craft to do it. But a lot of people just don't have that discipline to do. So you got to feel out who you're buying the gift for. Do you, are they going to really take care of this? Like, I, my father, because he was a butcher, mm -hmm. we had the black famous whetstone with you turned it. Do you remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I assume they still make it. And he always had oil that he used. Yeah. But since he was a butcher, he always sharpened his knives on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? What would happen is my mother would cook dinner and then he'd go to grab a knife and he'd say to my mother, oh God, these knives are dull. And then he'd go out to the garage and yeah. he would take the knives. So I knew that before I got to school, I had seen that all my life. Now, yeah. I can hone a knife, but I learned for me, because I'm not very good at it. I don't think I'm very good at it. I never used one of those grinding ones at home because I was always told that those um, knife sharpeners weren't good. The electric ones? Yeah. I, I, I don't like them. Um, you know, a lot of retailers offer knife sharpening with these electric ones that can do Western Japanese. I personally don't like them because I've seen too many people complain about them scratching their knives. So, oh. you know. Um, but some people say that's all they got and they like it and it's quick and it, you know, so I'd rather take it to a professional. People ask all the time where you can get your knife sharpened. Butchers. Yes. A lot of people don't know, but ask a butcher. Yes. You know, Six, um, their mail order services and they're like storefronts with that are known for professional knife sharpening. Cindy was so smart. She would go to the Gelson's, which is a high end store here in Illinois. Yeah. And we bought so much as food stylist. She made friends with the butcher. But, you know, in reality, you should always make friends with your butcher. Because, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not talking about doing anything illegal, but <laughs> make friends with your butcher. She would ask him. And he was so nice. Gelson's would we'd leave the knife for a day. The girls would be back the next day. We could bring them three or four knives. They only charged, they charged us less than a knife sharpening. Service, yeah. Store, yeah. Like a dollar a piece. Then... Most farmers markets in my yeah. area have them now. And you go in with your two or three knives, have them wrapped in a towel. I usually mark them, but mine are, got my, you know, my knives are marked or I'll take a picture to make sure I can remember what knives I'm giving the knife sharpener. And then for five or six bucks, those knives are good. Even then I cook every day. Those knives are good for four or five months when somebody professionally sharpens my knives. Exactly. And then there's some that, um, which I was going to mention as a gift idea, like the Knife Aid Company, mail order sharpening. And I think they started in the farmer's market in L.A. And I was looking at their website. They repair knives, too. So a lot of people have abused Japanese knives and chopping up frozen food or using it on bone or whatever and it shipped them. They'll repair the chips, which is great. So there are a lot of innovative services out there. I did. That's fantastic. If you're going to spend about $200 for a Japanese knife and you're not going to take care of it, it's good to know there's a service that's going to protect, uh, take care of it or can repair it. That is a great tip. I did not know that. Now, young lady, we're going to stop 
hear about food for a few minutes, mm -hmm. but I need you to tell people about your art. Oh. And I um, tell us both <laughs> because Courtney, when I say artist, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, Courtney does, works in every, me I see your work, Courtney. You yeah. work in every medium and you keep challenging yourself. Like I see yeah. new things because I think she's just got the brain for that. I mean, you obviously see it. Well, and there's some, I did not finish. I studied art school. I went to Parsons School of Design at the American University in Paris and I did not finish. Um, my mother was ill, my stepfather was ill and all that. So life happens. Got it. And I'll Kind of fell into retail so I never I studied fashion design and but you know what that's not I didn't feel the passion for it anymore and I'm glad I didn't because even my um professor who I'm still in contact with she's like the, the industry is not the same I'm so glad you pursued cooking which is just another medium so when you see me challenging myself it's just me pushing myself with different mediums like cooking, uh, to try different things and to see if I can, you know. So it's like you kind of can give yourself your own education or finish your own education that you couldn't get in those few years of school because life happens. So, yeah, and I've always appreciated your patronage, you know, and you just see yourself evolving um, and playing. And it started off with food, like drawing foods and stuff, but if I find I'm turning more into like a nature kind of artist, so. The beach pictures, the pictures of like the stairs and the beach that you had in a show um, were, f the, especially one of the red ones. I did not yeah. have room for another piece of, you know, one of the things, and this is, and I, luckily Kenny never listens, Kenny yeah. husband never listens to my podcast, so it's safe. Now, when I buy something from Courtney, mm -hmm. I show it to him. He goes, oh, I love that. He loves the He loves our beautiful lady. The, I call her the fancy lady that we hung in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Courtney did this one that's just this beautiful fancy lady in a sexy dress. The burlesque lady. <laughs> yes. Well, when, oh, and then Pearl. And then yeah. I have Pearl with the orchids. Yeah. So a couple of other littler things. But see, Kenny, when they, he knows they're yours, Mm -hmm. oh it's fine and I get them framed sometimes I frame uh, we kind of had a rule and I loved your stairs and the one that was red and I saw it in my office as a bigger piece but because I sold so many pieces pieces that I'd I was tired of them now I had them for years yeah. and they were collect all over the world I so. collect all over the world but you know what Courtney I'm supposed to be a minimalist now and keep my purchases um, to a minimum because I'm 71 years old and I don't have any more wall space. That's uh, <laughs> just time to buy another house. There you go. <laughs> That's what I, I tell you. Mark all the time. Now, they where can people house. look at your art? Where can people <laughs> look at your art? You know what? So... I, I wish I was a better art business person. They find them like you find them on my friends on Facebook. I do have an Etsy shop, Coco Collection Art. But most of the time, my stuff doesn't even get to that because someone has reached out to me. Good. 
online. So, you know, my Etsy, I had like a lot of hand um, made ornaments and such. Yes. I do have a website, Coco Collection Art, but I have to say, like when I was a caterer, it, most of it is word of mouth or just from your your circle. I It's a weird thing. No, and I, I really need to get that better. But then when I think, okay, let me let load up my Etsy shop. It just sits there. So it's kind of like I'm just hitting people at the right moment with. You know what else, honey? You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that people, I love it since I've retired. Uh, Courtney, this is my favorite. People, not me, but people want to find me a job all the time. People say like, you know what you should be doing now? Or why aren't you writing more and everything? And I think to myself, because I don't- This is a job. Right. This is your job. Right. Right. My job is to uh, uh, talk to Cindy once in a while, podcast, eat, watch Netflix. You paid your dues. Right. (laughs) Spend too much time on Facebook and read a lot. I mean- It's like this culture that we have to be busy to justify our existence. So- well said. Well, now, did I not ask you something about kit? Your everything you said about equipment is so amazing to me, Courtney, because you know so much. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. I, you know, I learned the most that I learned about equipment, and this sound is because in television shows, sponsors sent us stuff for free yeah. placement. Now, and I don't even make these anymore. But we, a bit, one of the big sponsors was Catalan. In yeah. the olden days. Now, do you remember those those dark gray heavy pots and they yeah. the oil got into them? I mean, they didn't clean up well. No, they got kind of ashy on the outside. All of yeah. it. But they used to send them to us for free. Well, those were one of the first ones I would give to people. You know, I mean yeah. we cooked with them, but but now when I look at all the improvements, though, and the other side of the coin is I have calphalon pots and pans that I've cooked in every day for 20 or 30 years and yeah. I can polish them once a year with a little bartender keeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. They look brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize. So are you ready to on nonstick or no, they were, I have nonstick, which was, okay. but these were just plain old Cafalon pans. Okay. So yeah, they'll last. And a lot of people don't realize um, nonsticks and ceramics, they're not going to last forever. And there's so many bright, fashionable colors out there and ceramic coatings with the exteriors and the interiors. And I tell people, yes, pretty, but are you cooking or are you? And if it's chipping on the outside, what's the interior going to do? So, but good value price. Like, yeah, your green pans, there's this new one, Caraway. Um, At Costco, I see that Gotham brand that has like a kind of copper interior. There, there is a lot of ceramic cookware out there, but people just need to realize it's not going to be a lifetime investment, but it, you know, if you treat it right, you know, it will last you a while. Honey, I have to say that I have people, I would say the most, one of the questions, I don't care where I'd be taking class, people would say, do you think it's safe to use Teflon? And I'd say, <laughs> You know what I mean? People just go, do you think it's safe? They just use that word, Teflon. It's like, they mean nonstick. Like when someone comes in and says, I want a Cuisinart, they're saying they want a food processor. Cuisinart has a whole line of appliances. But in their mind, Teflon is nonstick. 
And I I'm, tell them most luxury retailers are not selling Teflon. I think you'll find Teflon in the dollar store maybe, but that's it. Most luxury retailers are not selling Teflon. Well, I need to tell you. I, and when, but when so they ask me, they go, is it safe? Because they're worried they've heard poisonous gas. Yeah. I always say, I think you're as safe as if you're trying to ride a bus in LA. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something is going to kill you. So we'll just get used to it. But I'm with you. I do use nonstick for my eggs. I like it for eggs. Mm -hmm. That's what I bet. And I buy one that's pretty. And I, you know what? It, I don't take real good care of it. It cost me 21 bucks at Ross's or someplace like that. I use it for a year. And then when it looks crappy, I put it in Goodwill and move on. Yeah. Yep. You like, and I remember reading your um, food stylist handbook. I remember reading you talking about that for like, you know, before a job, you, you get a good cat. cat. I mean, they're, they're not going to last forever, but no. you just want that perfect, you know, slide off. But yeah. Yeah, just for eggs. Other than that, I'm using enamel cast iron, stainless steel, carbon steel, or, um, you know, just regular cast iron. Well, Courtney, of course, because I like you, I could talk to you all day. Yeah. I want to thank you for your valuable time today. Mm -hmm. um, people just will have to... Um, I, I, I like your, that people find you, but I will say this, whenever you post anything on Facebook, just to promote you, people really love seeing your work. There is oh, no, thank you. No, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's inspiring. Yeah. It's inspiring. Thank you. That means a lot. Oh no, and, so true. Well, thank you. Thank you, Courtney. We didn't really talk about gifts though, but yeah, the nice sharpening, no, their well, cheap electrics, their dish towel, just th read the mind of the person you're giving it to. There's something for everybody. You said it, you said it, girl. Excuse me, it's Denise for barging in here. But we were running out of time and Courtney had such great gift tips that I'm inserting them right now. Well, I'm not Cindy as we know, I don't know how to barely to turn on the computer, but here's what I've got for you. Courtney's gift tips. And I love them for do it yourself gifts source for dry milks, powder, popcorn toppings or hot chocolate. I don't know if any of you have made those things, but Cindy and I've made some of those in cute jars with the bow. She gave us the, the website, whosierhillfarm.com. Hoosier is H-O-O-S-I-E-R, hillfarm.com. I went to the website. There's some great gifts there. And because of this, one of the things I bought for me, just for my house, Courtney turned me on to, it's literally cream powder so you can have cream in your cabinet whenever you want and you can whip it up and it makes whipped cream it's really good it's like evaporated milk but it's whipped cream and i think cindy won't be able to answer me but i think that we used that in a couple of fancy european desserts that we had gotten recipes from from one of our international clients but i bought a thing and i've used it twice and you know if nothing else if you've run out of half and half you put a little teaspoon of that in your coffee in the morning and stir it up it's divine all right gift item number two gift tip number two from courtney knife aid Knife sharpening and repairs with gift card options. So it's knifeaid.com. Now, this is such a smart idea. You can send them your knives. They'll sharpen them and they send them back. 
Okay. So all I know is most of the people, which Courtney and I were talking about, I go to some beautiful homes, wealthy friends, blah, blah, blah. They don't have a decent knife in their house. And if they do have a decent knife, it needs to be sharpened. So this could be a great gift for a cook. Signing up or giving a gift certificate for classes at Sur La Table. And I agree because these are the most interactive classes from retailers. Um, After COVID, cooking classes have had a while. Real honest to goodness cooking classes are having a hard time coming back, but Sur La Table is doing it because they're set up for it. Dish towels from William Sonoma, really absorbent and the best. Again, this is from a woman Courtney, who's catered, been a chef, and loves to entertain. So she knows her way around a good dish towel. Number five she gave us was nuts.com. She wasn't talking to me, I don't think, was she? No, no, no. It's four nuts, candy, spices, supplies, baking supplies, teas, and coffees. So you could make your own do-it-yourself mixes and gift boxes. And then six Courtney's idea was a gift subscription for your favorite uh, newsletter writer, chef's newsletter, classes on Substack or Patreon. Now, I have to say this. My friend Judy Franchini, and it's called uh, Diva Cucina, has a Patreon uh, station or what do you call it? Anyway, if you look her up. You can take classes. Judy uh, lives in Florence and teaches Italian classes that are just fantastic. And they were really unrivaled. You'd really enjoy it. And that'd be a great gift to give someone. I would like to get that. Again, you can't go wrong by giving somebody a cooking class on Italian pastas. That's my feeling. Now, Cindy and I have written many cookbooks, but also we did many cooking segments with our friend Lori Corbin um, on gifts from the kitchen or gifts that you can make yourself. And one of them that Cindy and I had great success is we made fudge. We made plain old fudge right off off that white sticky stuff. What is it? Fluff. Um, Marshmallow fluff has a recipe that's always been on the jar for fudge. Well, I'm not exaggerating. It's one of the best fudge recipes ever. And the reason we got good at it was Cindy's and mine business clients were wealthy people. They have two or three homes. What do you give somebody that's driving a Bentley and has three different homes in Europe? Fudge. We gave them homemade fudge with a fancy little knife. And I'm going to tell you something. They all said the same thing. I'm not exaggerated. I don't think I've had fudge like this since my grandmother made it for me. So a homemade gift like that can get you a lot of goodwill and a lot of happy memories. Our friend Dorothy Reinhold taught us all about succulents many years ago. And when your plants die, hang on to the pot. And then at Christmas, you can plant that pot with three or four darling succulents, put a big bow on it. It's a fabulous gift for someone also who may not be so good with plants. And I can tell, testify to this. I moved to Ventura. I'd had a really hot backyard. Things died a lot in, in my house in LA. It was too hot. Ventura is 10, 15 degrees cooler, but it loves succulents. So I have gorgeous succulents that I can break pieces off 
this is an amazing thing. You don't even root the succulent piece. You stick it in the pot and it grows. Okay. So last year for my neighbors on either side of my house, that's what I gave them. I gave them new succulent pots. They loved it. They're on their front yard. Now, this was really cute. This was Cindy's idea. A big old soup jar, but you put a um, a mini bar in it, a bar to go, a cocktail to go. So if you wanted to give somebody a Manhattan gift basket, you give them the miniature bottles from Bevmo of uh, the grenadine, of the bourbon, whatever, whatever your drink is, gin and tonics, but they come in miniature bottles and you can fit it in this soup a big mason jar soup size and then they have a cocktail they have a bar already you can travel with that you can't drive with it but you could travel with it now the same thing in those jars which remember and you've seen them but i've received them as gifts that's where you can do soup mixes with a recipe card. Cindy and I did that a lot. Remember the Cindy and you did those darling recipe cards we put a big burlap bow on it but we put you know, layers of three or four different peas or lentils in it and gave people a recipe with a big bow and then they could make their own when they get home. It was very, it was very cute. People like it. Another one, of course, is quick breads. I have given the same pumpkin bread with chocolate chips in it for how many years and people love it and they're grateful. And if you don't know this, one bread pan of um, banana nut or like my pumpkin bread, one normal size bread pan is three of the mini loaves. So at the market, you could buy three, you know, you can buy those little tiny aluminum mini loaves and give two of those as a gift. So you can double your recipes and get five or six loaves and two of those loaves to somebody with the bow on them would be a darling gift. Um, I know for me and my husband, we have a neighbor that gives us handmade tamales and it's the one of the best gifts we get all year because I'm not making handmade tamales, but I sure do want to eat them. And then this was Cindy that I use every night two or three years ago. Cindy gave me a lavender pillow. It's my serenity pillow to help with my monkey brain. Can you see how it's working? No, you can't, but never mind. Cindy made little tiny pillowcases and stuffed lavender in there and oh it smells so delicious you can put it in the microwave just be careful with about the fabric but it, it's just I keep it under my regular pillow and my pillow smells like lavender and it helps me go to sleep so hopefully and of course you can buy any of the things I talked about it just costs more <laughs> but there's easy limoncello is another Cindy gift. Kahlua was another gift I gave for years. Those are easy recipes. You can get them. You can ask us for one, come to our website. We'd be glad to send you one or ask us a question. Also, you can get any of those recipes now. All you need is the cute little glass jars to put the finished product in. You have time still to make your own Kahlua and limoncello if you start right now. All right. Well, thank you so much. And back to our episode. Thank you. If people want to reach us, when we broadcast, Cindy, I used the royal we, when we broadcast, Cindy puts up all the information where you can find Courtney. Courtney is on Facebook. So just so if 
You want to request her friendship if you're not friends with her. She's very particular, so don't be offended. <laughs> don't be offended if she doesn't friend you. But um, thank you, Courtney. If you want to reach out to Cindy and I, it's womenbeyond at iCloud.com. We welcome comments, and we get comments, and we thank you. And Courtney, yeah, but you know what? You taught us a whole lot. People, you taught us a lot, and people can go into. See, I always say this, like with knives. Go into a store. You may not want to buy it at that store that day, but if you put it in your hand and try it, it will, mm -hmm. it'll give you some a good sense yeah. of then what you want to buy and what you what you're gonna spend. Right, and it's kind of arming you with some information before you go into that store. Some knowledge because exactly right. some people just don't know. So and they're afraid, and I don't blame them. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Women beyond a certain age. Goodbye, Courtney. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.